Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. go back to the good old Ten Commandments. They were the Old Testament word for tonight. And uh, I'm sure you know them, but just in case you don't, I won't read the whole thing, that's for sure. You get the point, bottom of Mount Sinai, Moses, tablets, all of that. You shall have no other little gods, little g, gods before me. You shall not bow down to any of them or worship any of them, only me. I am the Lord your God. Don't misuse my name. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it special. Honour your mum and your dad and others. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness against people. Don't covet your neighbour's property or house. And don't covet your neighbour's people or anything else of your neighbour. Ten Commandments, remember them? Yes, of course you do. Funny how everybody seems to kind of know them. Well, most of them, or part of them. And it seems to me, anyway, that they're everywhere in our culture. Our culture has dismissed Christianity and moved on, but it has kept these all over the place. We're very moralistic and very judgmental in our culture, generally speaking. We have a shame culture and a cancel culture, all of those kinds of things, full of these Ten Commandments. Well, some of them. I can see why. They just seem to be part of what it is to be humans together. We sort of seem to need them uh, somehow. So the world can be a good place, or at least a little better place. But my question to myself, and maybe you might ask it, Are they just rules for being good or avoiding being bad? Are they just rules? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so when I hear about the foolishness of the cross and and Lent and Jesus and the way of suffering and the cross, you know, all that stuff. They can't be just that. In fact, I think they're rules. I'll use that word. Rules for another thing entirely, another whole different thing, not being good or being bad. In fact, I think there are rules about a relationship more than there are rules about rules. There are rules about a relationship. They are how the new creation of God, given to the world in that man Jesus and his cross and resurrection, in his love... It's how that's lived out by people in a community every day. From all of the Bible, you can see that these rules are not mere rules to be kept, but they're more about a relationship to be enjoyed. How do I know? How do you know? You've got to look at the first three. They're the top dog, the first three. Love. Love God more than anything else with everything you got and everything you are. 
speak his name well with honour and rest with your God a lot. Seems to me if there's ever some words about a relationship, they are them, aren't they? But I think we mainly still tend to believe that these rules are just rules without a relationship purpose. Do you think that? A lot of people I know, they know the, the second seven commandments quite well and they're very happy to tell you when you're breaking them. But it's got not much to do with the relationship with the one who gave them. And it's got nothing to do with the first three. Have you noticed? If God is holy and just and has our life in his hands and he gives us rules that are just rules to keep for some reason, it seems to me we'll respond in one of two ways or both ways depending on what day of the week it is and how it's going. We'll either be very, very good or we will choose in the end to be very, very bad. We will get to work and keep the rules as best as we can, hoping that if we be good enough, for long enough, we'll get enough from God. Uh, we'll get well-being, safety, wisdom, avoidance of too much pain, a long and prosperous life, and of course we'll make it through the pearly gates at the end. On the other hand, we might just throw them out, call them old-fashioned and irrelevant, and do whatever we want. Funny how we always want to do what we want, but we end up doing the rules. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? Anyway, it's another story. So whether we are being very good or being very bad, in both cases, I suspect, Jesus would say, we're missing God's heart for these commandments. Here's how it works, I think. We want the life that keeping the second seven can give us without a relationship with God that he offers in the first three. Get it? We want the life that keeping the second seven can give us, but not the relationship with God that he offers us in the first three. E.g., I think we're all quite happy to not kill people, at least I hope so, uh, steal stuff, be unfaithful in relationships, not greedily try and take stuff from people by unjust means, and be nice to mum and dad and other people. I think we generally think that's a good idea. Doing these things leads to a, just less trouble anyway. Makes sense, Christian or not, they do. But what about those first three? And particularly the first one. Love God above all else with everything you are and everything you got. Guard, protect, honour his name well and rest with him regularly. Hmm. The first three are about living in a relationship with God that begins, that he begins and wants for every person loving him, speaking of him and to him and resting with him and all of a sudden we've gone from keeping the rules to trusting to faith now we're in the area of faith faith that God is actually a person not a force or a cosmic mathematical equation or a big moral policeman 
a person who desires a living relationship with broken people, lawbreakers. All of a sudden, the rules for living are actually about trust and faith and relationship and they get really personal and they become much less about keeping the rules. They become signs of a living relationship, ways to live in a beautiful relationship of trust. This is what happened for the Old Testament people, didn't it? The Lord had done all the work. He'd freed his people from Egypt and slavery. He gave them his heart for them at that mountain in these commands so they could live in his presence and in his power and in his promise for their future. Land, status and vocation to bless the whole world. I know, sure, God obviously wants human beings of all faiths to look after each other. The second seven definitely help us do that. But he wants each human being more. God desires a new relationship with a person before he desires that they keep the rules. The only reason for keeping the last seven is to enjoy the first three. Don't you reckon? The only reason to keep the rules is not to keep the rules, it's to enjoy the relationship. If you were to write out these commandments on a page, you know, in a list, there would be a heading, you know. Not all commandments are equal. And the heading would be the first one, in bold print, large print. And the other nine are how you do it, how you live it. Love God above all else with everything you are and everything you have. And this is how you do it. That's nine. Practically, this is how it works, don't you think? When you break any commandment, you break two. You always break two, because you always break the first. So, e.g., if you steal something, you're not loving the Lord with all your heart and all you have above everything else, because you're not trusting him for your well-being, and you're taking matters into your own hands, and loving what you're doing more than you're loving him, and the stuff that you're chasing. If you're unfaithful to your partner, you're not trusting that he or she is enough for you because God gave them to you and therefore you're taking matters into your own hands and trying to find whatever you need to find in your understanding. You're not trusting the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. If you harm someone for whatever reason, you're not trusting that God loves you and forgives you and calls you to practice the art of forgiveness and reconciliation as he has practiced with you in the cross and the resurrection of his son. Jesus affirms these commandments. Not one jot or tittle will be removed from this law. And he summarised them in how many? You know, two. Love God, love people. So where are you at the moment? What are you making of the relationship that God has established with you, like he did for the Old Testament people, he does all the work, in your baptism? Are you trying really hard to be good? How are you going with that? Have you given up and you don't care if you're bad anymore? How are you going with that? Are you seeking what God can give you? Or are you seeking God? You might be like lots of people I've come across and honestly to God, like I am sometimes. Uh, you're trying to be really good. And you hope that if you're good enough for long enough, you'll get enough from God and eventually you'll make it to heaven on the other hand you may be like me on Tuesdays 
you've given up on all that because you've figured out that you can't actually do it. <laughs> you actually can't do it. You've finally figured out that you can't keep the Ten Commandments for long enough, well enough, to get enough. So you might have even got to the point where you're throwing the rules out and you're pretty much doing your own thing. In all cases, you're wanting what God can give and not God. In both cases, in all cases, Christianity has basically become a moral code. And Jesus has become a guru, a teacher, a wise man, or an example to follow, but he's not your saviour. You don't need a saviour, because you're your saviour. And I think that's what Jesus was up against all the time. And why those words that Heather read are so foolishness and wise and wisdom and all of that. He was up against this all the time. Keeping the rules, hey? Jesus comes along and says that neither keeping the rules or throwing them out is what God is actually after and what he desires in people. God desires you more than the effort of you. Living in a relationship of forgiveness and acceptance and love and hope and peace and promise and future, that's God's intention for lawbreakers. Friends, it's Lent. Easter's coming. Jesus proves God's heart's desire for you in these commandments. He keeps the rules perfectly, only one who could, and suffers a criminal's death for the effort. He signs this new covenant of love, his grace for your disgrace, and he does it in his own blood for all time, for you. Jesus turns over the tables in the temple trying to earn, of trying to earn God's favour or ignore God's favour. He's set up his own table, actually, when you think about it. It's got bread and wine on it, and it's body and blood, and it's life and healing and forgiveness whenever you seek it. Life beyond the rules. Life beyond rejecting rules. Life in a relationship that transforms you bit by bit into joy. The joy of sheer grace for lawbreakers. Now the rules are not so much about rules, I hope. They keep us with God, with each other, and they give us hope in a conflicted world. So, as we know from your confirmation, the three ways the law works. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? Confirmation, cobwebs, it's coming out, here they go. Curb, sign, and mirror. You remember? Sharon does, because we taught it to the kids two weeks ago at confirmation. These now act as a gift to us of faith. These are a roadside curb. They keep you in safe spaces like a loving parent keeping the kids in the playground fence. They keep us on track, avoiding unnecessary pain and damage and hurt by wandering off the track as we want to do. Curb. Gift of a curb. Gift of a sign or a pointer. Constant sign leading back to the cross of Jesus and his resurrection, the centre of our life and God's promise and love for us. A pointer, a sign, neon sign, real big. And they act as a mirror, not mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the greatest of them all, because you're not. And the, and the mirror will not tell you that. 
The mirror will say, Jesus is the greatest of them all, and you're not. But let me tell you the truth about how things are today so that we can live together in peace, you and I, says God, and eventually, indeed, receive the great reward that he promises for all those who stay the course. Endless forgiveness. We are loved by God, friends, who loves us enough to give us boundaries, direction, shape, heart and purpose so that we will thrive in his gracious care. In the name of Christ, amen. And the peace of God, which is beyond our human understanding, keep you and me in him in this Lenten journey. Amen. Christ, our crucified Saviour, draw you closer to himself in these 40 days so that you find him renewed assurance of just how much he loves you and how much you're forgiven and how holy and pleasing you are to him. The love of God be your comfort, the peace of Jesus be your confidence, and the power of the Spirit be your strength and ability. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. For listening, Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. St. Petri.org.au